Ahoy, Joe Doyle here. As a former bricklayer turned property investor, I would not be where I am today if I didn't first learn the art of business. Nowadays, a big part of my life is helping other tradesmen grow their business and create wealth by sharing my knowledge, insights, and experience. Welcome to the Tradesman Survival Guide podcast. All of the strategies discussed in my podcast are taken directly from my book, The Tradesman Survival Guide, which is available at www.joedoyle.ie forward slash TSG. TSG, of course, being Tradesman Survival Guide. Boom. Okay, we're live, Ronan. So the question I was going to ask you there a minute ago, but I wouldn't let you answer it, was uh, why is November normally a tough year or a busy month? Yeah, well, November just seems to be everybody is getting ready for next year. You know, if you're if you're not really? thinking about next year, when it gets to about September, October, you're in trouble. You know, so by about November, everybody has projects in and they're trying to get something priced and set up for next year. And it's just a bit of a rush towards the end of the year and everything getting finished for by the end of the year. Right, and it yeah. always is the last seven or eight years in a row. Just November is always crazy, you know, for that reason. <laughs> That's that's it. That's interesting, all right. I suppose, yeah, because these guys are probably they're, they're probably not gonna start much in December, anyways, are they? No, very little, very little gets started now. It's all it's all it's all January. It's all twenty twenty now. What people are talking to me about now, you know. Brilliant. I'm I'm refusing to even acknowledge Christmas is coming. My missus says to me there today, "When are you gonna get your Christmas clothes?" I'm like, "Are you serious?" Like, yeah. <laughs> that's miles away. It's miles away, you know. Um, yeah. She she we was always just... know we always know what time of year it is when we see the date that like a tender is coming back for and we're starting to see December dates now, you know, so coming t- back in. So like something's in for December. So what does, it's, it's, what does that mean now? Soon. Tell me that. You know, so yeah, so we know like, uh, you know, usually when tenders come in, we get about two or three weeks of time to price them. So right. any of the tenders that are coming in now, the return date on them is December. Oh, they so, want them back by December. Yeah, in December. Savage. So, you know, the, the, the December is starting to be written up on the board now. So <laughs> it's it's a pretty ominous sign. You know, the year is nearly out. You know, it's kind of hard to... It's only for it's so chaotically busy, uh, it'd be hard to keep lads motivated, you know. <laughs> There's just no scope to, for any downtime at all. No, no, none at all. No, but you look, if they weren't busy and it was in December, the lads would be, the lads would be there in person, but in their minds they'd be... You know, in holiday mode, and slippers, looking at elf eating yeah. a box of roses, you know. Yeah. So, um, chestnuts roasted just... by the open fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, career on. We we may as well just do a formal intro here, right? Because um, yeah. look, of course, we know each other now. But anybody listening yeah. here on on whatever platform we we manage to get this bit of audio out and tell them who you are and what you do, because you're 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 definitely a valuable man for anybody in the construction game to know. Well, thanks very much for that. But I suppose Ronan McGrath is my name and I run a quantity surveying business called McGrath Construction Consultants and we'll be eight years old in January. So I suppose what makes us different is we're a quantity surveyor for the whole industry. So we work with anybody from a subcontractor, a builder or a large developer, you know, up to 100 houses as much as somebody building a, a 40 grand extension. And we work with homeowners, we work with architects, we work with business owners. You know, there, there isn't a corner of the construction industry that we aren't working in. So that's what makes us different from a lot of a lot of people. And that's our experience that we're able to do that. And, you know, and we can I ask operate... you something there? So you say yeah. what makes you different is that you walk in all corners of the industry. Um, yeah. So would you be saying that there's not a lot of people, there's not a lot of guys in your space taking care of the 40, 50 grand extension type guy, is there not? Yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of people looking after that, and there's not a lot of people looking after the the builder, you know, who has extensions and renovations. There's not a lot of guys looking after the, looking after that guy. 
Right. And there's not a lot of people looking after who are able to look after subbies. And there's not there's not a lot of people who have that range. And uh, particularly, I think builders and subcontractors find it hard to to get QSs. Uh, particularly because a lot of guys who are doing, you know, that for builders, they're they're one man bands or they're they're doing it as nixers in the evenings. Yes. And they just can't provide the service, you know. But we've we've got half a dozen lads here. We've got ISO nine thousand and one implemented in the company. Good man. And you know we're we're bloody organised. Like you know, how, we're how long have you organized. got that in? Well, we're putting it in at the moment, like so. Yeah. It's, it's implemented now, and we're starting our internal audits now. Brilliant. And you know, we sh- we should be you know doing the ISO audit early next year. For anybody who's a little bit chaotic in their office yeah. end of things, this seems to be a, a set of barriers that will stop them from going outside the lines, is it? Yeah, it is, and even partly, even half of it, like. Like I didn't even do management meetings. We used to have a management meeting book, and we'd have a management, we'd have a monthly management meeting once a quarter, once every four months, like or, or whatever it happened. Yeah. And nothing would ever get done. I know that like I have a management meeting coming up in two or three weeks, so any of the things that we discussed got done. And like there's even things about talking to the staff, and I'll ask the staff, lads, is there anything bothering you, you want to discuss? And they'll all go, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, that's grand. No, 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 we're all fine. And things won't be fine, but they just don't want to bring it up. Yes. So we get somebody, We I have, a, I have a, a business manager here, he deals with that. They anonymously put, they are anonymously given, uh, you know, questionnaires. They fill yeah. in the questionnaires and the questionnaires are anonymously tallied up <laughs> and any actions out of that are given to me. And I'm going, okay, some people and said that. And is this one, one of your staff that, that deals with that or is it an outside Yeah, one of my, so one of the managers, yeah. There's a, okay. there's a, so there's a guy there, John, and he is business development manager and he just handles a lot of that stuff. And he he just deals with that. So they they do that, but it's all anonymous. I don't know who requested us. You know, so they were saying, oh, we need more PPE for going out on site. And I was like, great. I didn't realize that they didn't need it. You know, yeah. some of the computers are slowing. It's slowing us down. And we're standing looking at it instead of instead of working. And I'm like, and is great. It okay? I need to know that. Like, you know? What's the effect of, like, you have a small company there, right? Yeah. Um, six, eight lads, have you? Yeah, six, eight lads. Yeah. yeah. And are we, are we not supposed to know who's requesting certain things? Like, uh, no, no, See... Yeah, it'd be better. It probably might be better if you did, but it doesn't matter. All I need to know is that there's improvements made. Yes, fair point. You know, yeah. there was an issue with the computers. Now lads are going to be faster, and that's granted. They requested more training on the software that we're using. That's fine. They're able to do that. It doesn't matter how the message gets to me as long as it gets to me. So yeah. if they want to do it anonymously and I get better results anonymously, that's great. So, uh, you know, yeah. we did we did a customer survey, and when we started our, our ISO, we we got a guy in to do the ISO. He said, "Look, if you could get above." Uh, if you could get above ninety percent customer satisfaction, that's going to be your target. And you yes. know, we'll see what you are now, and we'll just try to get that up to as high as you can. And we ended up getting ninety-two percent customer satisfaction on Brilliant. the first go, Brilliant. before even ISO started. Yeah, so, that's that's good. Cool. Yeah, so that was like that was pretty impressive, you know. Um, so can, look, can I we, ask how we much were, it costs? We like, what's the time frame and the cost to get that implemented? Yeah, it's about about six months is what it'll take. Six months and... from start. Yeah, to but finish. Like, you know, again, like, it, like it'll take you six management meetings to get the hang of the management yeah. meetings. It'll take you a while to, to get all this done. It's, it's just something that you're, it, you integrate into your business over time and you start getting better at it. And yeah, the cost was, I think I've, I've paid about five or six grand now at this stage, you know. Right. Um, and a couple of other things uh, thrown into that there as well. But it, it, it is, it is, it isn't, it isn't cheap. But like what I say is, you know, the, the, the greatest thing, and you know me, Joe, how and how guilty I am of leaving things behind me and leaving leaving yeah. leaving business on the table, and I'm not surprised you table. got ninety two percent of the customers' satisfaction. I'm not surprised, but I'm, in fact, I don't know why I don't know how you didn't get a hundred percent on that. You know, <laughs> from yeah, we, from what I know yeah. of yourself, 
because I know you'll yeah. bend over backwards to service the needs of any customer. Yeah, and that, but, that, that's what came through, and that's what came through, and, and, and people yeah. liked the fact that they were able to, and some of the feedback we got was, yeah, people liked the fact that they talked to me, you yes. know, and I know I know everything about what's going on, and they talked to me, and, you know, they're not talking to a lad two or three steps down the line, yeah. and, you know, they talked to me, and, you know, we're, we, we get stuff done, and, you know, we have a system, you know, pe- people like that, you know. Yeah, and there, there, there was improvements pointed out. There was improvements pointed out that we could start earlier some Brilliant. mornings. So if Brilliant. somebody has an emergency, you know, somebody could start. Somebody could start earlier. That yeah. uh, you know, if somebody wants to ring me at half seven, they can ring me at half seven. You know. Yeah. So, so, so there was little things like that that we looked at, and there was little improvements. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff, man. I, I must actually just research that because, like. If not for myself, like I, I don't know, like we've small enough people in the office here, but if not for myself, at least to, to make it to be able to recommend it to the other guys, you know. At what point would you believe that it's worthwhile? Um, when I I had four people in the office and it was fine, and when I went from four to six, that was a big jump. Right. And when it, whenever I felt that I wasn't the one that people reported to directly. Right. When when, that's when, when it you stopped, when when there was yeah that that's when that's that's when it needed so when. There was one guy in there who was not really reporting to me directly. He was, you know, dealing with the other lads because I was just too busy to be dealing with him. So when yeah. it got to that point that everybody wasn't reporting directly to me and I wasn't people's direct line manager anymore, then that's when that's a brilliant it, it, point. It happened. That's a brilliant you know? point. So anybody yeah. who doesn't have the co- the clients reporting directly to them, or who anybody who's running the business, or the staff, where... the clients or the staff, the clients right. or the staff reporting directly to me. Right. Okay, that's when it starts getting that so. Like for, for for an example, I, I use that because you know I, I started off in the trades, and um, I know when when you have two vans, yeah. that's the same. When you have two vans, because when you're not eyeballing, you're not looking at when you're not fully fully responsible. Yeah. Uh, when you're on site yourself, you're fully responsible because you're eyeballing everything. So when I'm in the office and someone's doing something, I'm eyeballing it, and yes. I'm responsible for that. But when you're ringing a lad and you're asking him, "Is that done?" and the lad goes, "Yeah," well, you have to assume he's going to tell you the truth. Yeah, you know? it's your version of yes. So, so, yeah, so you, do you know what I mean? Like, so uh, that's kind of the the thing about 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 that. So, I mean, when, when I needed to start setting up SOPs, which is standard operating procedures, yes, um, that was when I I knew I was I was getting into it. Then about look, this is what has to be done, and okay. we we got to it where we get to it. We'd have two weeks on a tender, and we'd get to kind of we send it out two days before the tender date to the builder, uh, so he'll have a look at it. And yeah. then he'll come back to us the following day, have any discussion, debate it back and forward, and then we'd make any changes or not, depending. And then the following day we'd send it out. So we have clear twenty-four hours between each stage, and that's what we were doing. And we we got to the end, and one of the uh, we got to the end the second two days before tender was going in, and one of the guys hadn't sent out a quote for a specific item, a specialist item, and right. I was like, why didn't you why didn't you do that? And I was like, oh well, I didn't know. So I was like, right, standard operating procedure. Yeah. Number one, upload the drawings to the computer. Number two, uh, up you know, on, number two, upload it into the specialist software. Number three, check for any quotes to be sent. Number four, you know, and that's it. So there's like there's a there's a twelve step process to doing the job. Like for, actually, for, quantity for every survey, single one then. For every single job, like quantity surveying the job is one of the steps. You know, right? Yeah. Ringing the ringing the builder, emailing the builder, checking with them twenty four hours later, have they read it? You know giving them a warning that we're sending it at the tender deadline, whether he agrees with it or not, you know, warning him he has to come back, you know, because even just one time we had an incident where I sent it to a lad and he said, yeah, yeah, that's grand. I'll, I'll take care of that. 
and I assume that he meant this was about four years ago, five years ago. Yeah. I assume he meant, yeah, I'll take care of that. Uh, I thought he meant, yeah, I'm going to send that on to the client now. Yeah. But he said, I, I'll take care of that. He was talking about paying the invoice. So that oh, tender never got yeah. sent, and the architect rang up, well, where's me tender? Now, we got away with it in the end because we just said, look, there's a mix up between me and I'm having it here. I'll send it to you right now. But, yeah. uh, you know, if the guy had been tough, that tender would have been wasted. So that's yeah, another sure. thing there as well. That's a, that's another, that was another thing that we did. So every time you have a problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's continuous improvement. It's all Kaizen, which is little good change. Yes. Uh, it's all come from Toyota. So like Toyota built the best cars, uh, you know, the best mass-produced cars back in the 1980s, and all they've done ever since is improve every day. So that's kind of the where Kaizen comes from. So it's just continuous improvement, small, good, little improvements is what ISO is all about, and just standard operating procedures. And it was it was actually good because when I was reading that, I was reading the book, I was reading two books about lads in the Marines, um, with right. Jocko Willick oh, and um, David Goggins. I was reading, I read those, both those books back to back and I was doing ISO all right. at the one time. And I'd I was just, say I was that's just a right this, job, yeah. I was just on this, I was on this crazy operating, <laughs> operational excellence buzz. I just couldn't get enough of it, you know. And yeah. like I was, I was even, you know, I was ordering my kids around and they were just like looking at me going, Dad, what's wrong with you, you know. Yeah, but I was going to take off the missus, ain't you? Yeah, it was just going nowhere, you know. I was, uh, I was just getting, I was just on overload on this organisational stuff, and everything has to be uh, organised. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, why does no, why does everybody not organise like this? Why doesn't the government do ISO nine thousand and one? You know, yes. Why, why isn't everything on ISO nine thousand and one? Yeah, and, uh, it's so easy, you know. So, um, yeah, but look, it's, it, it was great. So I've, I've definitely bought into the whole process, and it, it took me a while to get into it. But you know, we, we have that now, and we have things that are checked off, and. But things still happen. But you know, when you have a when you have a standard operating procedure there, when you have a, a weekly meeting backed up by a monthly meeting, backed up by engagement with the staff, backed up with performance discussion interviews every quarter, maybe even every two months with the staff, keep them happy, keep them know that that they're what what's good, what's not, timesheets, so we know if somebody is producing or if they're not producing. You know, why did you only produce this amount of work this week? Why did you yeah. only make a thousand euro this week when you need to make make 1500 euro well i was stuck on this job okay why were you stuck on this job you know yeah. well because it was crap or because i sat there scratching my backside it's one or the other you know and you might find out that well hang on here now i'm doing these jobs and they're not making money i need to charge more for them or i need to dump them you know so you find out what's making you money you find out what's not making you money and all you're doing is you're just making sure you're doing the very very best you can in your business and affecting the things that you can affect you're not harping on about Brexit for half the day and going, I wonder what will happen. You're actually just going, right, I am just going to make sure that I am getting those jobs done. If I can, if, if those jobs take me eight hours, I'm getting them done in eight hours or seven hours and 50 minutes. And if I have a piece of software that will save me five minutes a day, I'll go get it. Or whatever I can do just to affect what I've going on in my own business. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And I just put my very, very best foot forward that I can do. Sounds and powerful everything else that comes on. It's great. It's great. And it just, it, look, it, it's it's doing slight improvements, and it and it takes time, and that's why I'm saying the kind of the six months. I'm sure people have gone in and done it in three, but I just think if you're doing it properly and you're actually buying into the whole system and and changing the way your whole company operates, um, it, you you'd, you'd want the six months. Now it, it it sort of it's weird. It's kind of ironic the way it all worked out for me this year because I had I had major problems at the start of the year, yes. just around the time we started all this. Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe it was because we were doing this that it kind of highlighted the nonsense that was going on. And maybe right. maybe it was just a bit of luck, but um, maybe a coincidence. But it was it was all, all that. So basically now the guys I have now compared to the when I first started this in, in 
in around uh, February. The guys that have a, it's nearly a totally different team. I've only got my manager and one other guy that are the same, and everybody else is different. So, but they all so they all came in here when we were doing ISO. So the ISO was already happening when they started. So it's not like I'm changing anyone over or changing anyone's mind. It's already started. So they're just they're just taking it like ducks to water. Yeah, just, that was my next uh, question ISO, to you. Do you think it. do you think the next guy that comes in to join your team will feel that there's more of a structure there and he's less likely to yeah. talk about? Yeah, and exactly. And we have like we have this and we have this going on. We have the standard operating procedures. The guy he started, we had a new guy start Monday and he's already doing the SO the SOPs. You know, he's already filling out that booklet on his job. And he he's already done all the the intro, you know, all the, everything that that does when he when he starts the job, and that's already done. So all that process is already done. So he's had like a day of ISO, and he has brought around the place, and we show him everything that's that's all to do with ISO and what our targets are, and wh- wh- where the company is going, what we're looking to do, what we're all about. So he's 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 has that ring in his ears for the first forty eight hours yeah. of his life in the company, and now he's starting to work, and he's you know filling in the the. The SOPs as he's going along to, to take box step one, step two, step three. Brilliant. And, you know, I spoke to him today and, you know, he's he's only in the door a few weeks or a few days and he's already talking to subbies and making sure that, you know, we're getting the, the quotes that we need in before it's too late. And that's all done because that's written on the sheet and you're asked to do it. Yeah. So it's it's made a difference. I can definitely see it now with the new lads. And, it's and, just, and it's that always works been when you're not it. there, like, which is the most important thing. Exactly. I don't know which kind of business mentor it said is that culture, uh, company culture is is what happens when you're not there in the company. Yes. You know, that's what your company culture is. And, and I think that's what, what I, I'm hoping to just to achieve that. This is what it is. It's not anything else other than this. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what's expected of you. Yeah. Go do it, you know, exceed that. And then, you know, we've we've an even nicer conversation to have and, and you know, I- fall short of that. And, you know. You see all these it's like a, it's, these you know, extra meetings that you're having there. How, like, how long does a typical meeting need to go on for? So the the, the weekly meeting at the start of the Monday uh, takes about half an hour. Right, not too. Bad. That's with everybody. That's with everybody. No, it's not too bad. But that's with everybody. And there's a big board with 34 different slots on it, and each one of those jobs get it gets gets attributed to one of the staff. Right. Uh, on on, on the Monday morning, get, 10 o'clock Monday accomplished morning. Yeah. So this is what you're doing for the week. Yeah. And everybody has a box. On the sheet, it's the same. It's a, you know, it's a, it's the same sheet. So I've like, I've like fifty of these sheets printed out in a folder. I take out the weekly meeting folder. I start a new sheet, and I write the, uh, I write the t- today's date on it, and I just go, all right, Pat, what are you doing this week? What's this job? What's this? That's great. That's what you're doing. Okay, next job. Who's going to do it? Who's capacity to do that? Okay, you're doing that one, and then that's how you attribute the jobs for the week. And then so ten o'clock Monday by half ten, everybody knows what they're doing for the week. Locked in, locked yeah. solid. That's it. Are you in meetings this week? Has anyone got to do site visits? Is there anything else? Is there any situation with live jobs you need to take care of? Uh, everything like that, you know. And mm-hmm. it's all sorted at the end of the week. Everybody knows what they're doing. Brilliant. So it, it and might, this system uh, can know, be. So you know, just just so I have this correct here, this system can be implemented into any business. You'd recommend it um, after four employees, yeah, in an office. I, I just found that. I just found that once once you've got two layers more than one layer of management. One layer. Of management, I think. Yeah. Okay, actually that's you mentioned where, that. Let me let me jot that down because I want to keep a note of that. Um, recommended for any business where staff or customers, staff, staff or customers, are, you know, have to rep- report to more than one person. You know. Yeah. So if it was like if I was running a if I was running an alarms company or 
a maintenance company or something like that and I was sending somebody out to one of my customers. I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to assume that that lad knows what to do. Yeah, you know what I mean? Don't definitely. assume don't assume that a lad knows to say, hello, Mrs. Murphy, how are you getting on today? You know, don't assume he knows to take his shoes off at the door. Don't assume he knows to say thank you very much and goodbye. You know, don't yeah. assume he he he, he, he know, knows to, you know, sweep up after himself or something like that. Don't, don't assume that. He has a 12-step process when he gets there. Step one, greet the customer. Step two, show them your ID. Step three, tell them why you're there. You know, step yeah. four, go do the work. You know, step five, clean up. Step six, you know, all, yeah. all that. Don't, don't assume. Don't assume. So um, if, if there's a standard operating procedure in place, all a person has to do is go do it. Brilliant. You know, and it, it just takes the... It takes the guesswork out of it. And it just it just stops the gaps. And and look, I'm going full ISO and I'm going for certification. I'm going for everything. But I I don't know if everybody needs to go full ISO. Yeah. You can implement certain things in the business. I'm just doing it now because I had a bad experience earlier on in the year, and I'm just going right. I'm leaving absolutely not on the chance anymore. Yes. And that is that. And yes, I'm yes. planning on getting a lot bigger as well over yeah. the next over the next uh, kind of eighteen months to two years. So I might as well. I might as well do this because I, I, I kind of, you know, every time I came up with a business management system or a way around my business, I outgrew it within yes. six months to a year. So I'm sick of it now. This is my third generate regeneration <laughs> of how I'm running the business. And this is the last one. There isn't a bigger one than ISO 9001. And that's it. Brilliant. So this will do me when I have 100 people working for me nice. um, as it does now. So that's Brilliant. it. I'm done. So, yeah. That's how, that's the, the, the ISO and the new, the new systems of operating in the business. Let's, Let's talk specifically about the, the 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 area of quantity surveying, and in particular, mistakes that you see lads are making on the regular when it comes to their pricing and the whole lot. Because I I often say like you know I fucking can't stand builders, and I love them at the same time, right? Like <laughs> and 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 I, like that's who most of my clients are, right? Builders, yeah, and when yeah. I say builders, you know you don't have to be just building houses. You know, guys doing extensions, renovations. Yeah. Anybody that's that's working in the domestic market, right? They drive yeah. me mad because I see them making mistakes all the time, and they seem to have this. I don't know. They, they seem to have this. Uh, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer was a boxer? And he had a yeah. he had a rare case of Homer Simpson syndrome. Your man says from right, <laughs> where he just allows them to keep punching, and then he just knocks them over, right? But I just I, yeah. I pity the guys that they keep making the same fucking mistakes all the time. And these guys are animals for work; they will work yeah. any hour God sends them. But they never seem to kind of you know they have to make the same mistake a good few times before they start saying, "Geez, maybe there's a better way of doing this," you know. And obviously, if you start a job and it's not priced right from the from the very from the get go, that's when you're in trouble, you know. And would you see that on the regular, or what would you see as the biggest yeah, pricing no, issue? Exactly, exactly as you're saying there. Yeah, and, and and lads do have have the same the same kind of problems popping up all the time. And I I, I would see that. I suppose what I'd find is is. Is, is the, when the reason lads make a lot of mistakes about is they're, they're terrified to be staying at home, right? Doing okay. no work or they're terrified to have no work, right? Yeah. And the construction industry, number one, it is up and down, right? Yeah. So th that, that is a fact. That is an absolute fact that it's up and down. It's seasonal. It's stop start. It can stop for no reason. Um, you know, banks control it. So, you know, if they want to stop lending, they can stop lending. And, you know, it, it's, so, it's so weird. It is just generally up and down and back and forward like that anywhere, right? But there's a couple of mistakes lads make. Lads make is they'll they'll what what I say to some lads is you know they'll send me six jobs this month, right. and they won't have sent me anything last month, and they won't send me anything this month. 
And I'm like going, don't send me them jobs. Don't send me so much to one time. Keep right. pricing little and often. Keep the pricing going. Keep it consistent. Keep your prices consistent. You know, don't you be stuck on a job because you got desperate and you didn't know what to do and you went in too cheap on it just to get the work, just to keep yourself busy. And now you're flat out on a job treading water when you could be going looking for something else if you had to start this process three months ago looking for work. So yes. that that's that's one thing. And you know, another thing is lads would make the mistakes of not building not not building in a bit of margin, not building in a, an amount of money for their own time. And you know, you, you did you I do something with my clients that I saw you doing re- recently there as well, is actually working out your your break even costs. Yes. You know, knowing how much money it costs you to oh, turn the key in that door on a Monday morning and yes. close it again on a Friday, how much money you need. And lads lads don't do that. And when they're doing that, they forget to put in their own their own salary into that. Yeah, you know? So I mean like and the way things the way things are now, like lads probably still have a bit of Vietnam flashback syndrome over the, the recession and things like that. And yeah. they're they're so afraid of being quiet, you know, um, and they're they're just not not willing to just go look like if the, why would you do that job and not make money? Why would you get up out of the bed an hour earlier than everybody else and work in the evenings and hour and it's you know you can go if it's that bad you can go and get a job with somebody. There, there's lads crying out for somebody of yeah. your skills. So you know, try not to try not to, to panic at the minute. You know, just get things right, and you know. Get it a bit of consistency. You can't make the construction industry consistent, but you can be consistent. Yes. You know, you can make yourself consistent and you Very can keep good, doing yeah. all the things that are right. And, you know, again, it's, it's like what I was going back to say, you can only control the things that you can control and do the very, very best of the things that you are in your control and everything, you know, should fall into place after that. So that's right. kind of the, those are kind of the typical mistakes. I, I, I let me ask you, let me ask you a few questions here. Right. So I want to t- take a note of this here. So the first one is they are inconsistent with their pricing. And yeah. I suppose maybe that's not the best way to describe it, but they're yeah, well, no, inconsistent one, with, no, the, no, no with the jobs yeah. they're pricing. Yeah. So yeah. when they're busy, they're not pricing. And then when they've nothing to do, they price loads. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the first one. So be pricing all yeah. the time. Yeah, I have a saying. I have a saying here. I've loads of sayings, right? Just oh, like one I'm of a thousand sayings. Right? In times of peace, you have to plan for war. And in times yes. of war, you have to plan for peace. Yeah. So that's the that's the saying. So if you're flat out, that's when you need a price. That's when you need a price the most. Yeah, I'd agree know? with that. Yeah. And that that that, that that's the one thing. Um so that's that's the first thing. And the second thing would be knowing your own costs. Okay. Such as their their own break even point and stuff like that. Yeah. Knowing your own costs. Knowing your like I've had lad I had, I had lads come to me panicking, saying, I'm losing, I'm not making money on this job. Lads panicking, coming to me going, oh, yeah, this is a great job. I'm making a fortune. And, and they're not, you know. And and where you know, are they losing on that, would you believe? Again, not putting in for their own management time. Okay, not valuing their own value. Not valuing their own time. Not valuing going, yeah, sure, I have the digger there. Or, yeah, sure, I have the van load of tools there. And you, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, I have that there. That's grand, you know. No, it's not grand. If you're spending, you know, if you're spending twelve grand a year replacing just general tools and yeah. grinder discs and this, that, and the other, and drill bits, you know, you have to. That, that's a thousand quid a month. For sure, is, is what it costs you. You know, twenty yeah. working days in the year. You know, so yeah. that's 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 fifty quid a day you have yeah. to make to cover the cost of your tools. That's yes. a, that's money you're spending. So you have to get that covered. Um, you know, diesel maintenance on the van, all these things. These these are real things. So. But that's where people don't realize. So when they get a thousand euro in the order, delighted, there's a thousand quid for myself. 
and they, they forget all the things that's coming out with that. Yeah, the so overhead. Just look at the yeah. bottom line. Yeah, the, so just I suppose understanding the costs is is the big thing, and and people not putting in for the likes of prelims and scaffolding and oh, sure I have that there, or oh, sure I have the digger there, and oh, sure I, I I can look after them lads and. You know, yeah. I sure I'm paying that lad five hundred quid a week, so yeah. I'll I'll charge that at five hundred quid a week. Yeah, and it's I, not like no, like if you're paying a lad five hundred quid a week, it's costing you a thousand quid a week. You know, or nine hundred quid a week, or whatever it is. So yeah. people understanding their costs. That's the that's the those are two really really big mistakes I see people making. They don't know their own costs, and they're not they're not valuing their own time, and yeah. then they're uh, being the inconsistent yeah. inconsistent with the jobs. Okay, yeah. and. You know, when I'll be chatting to a lot of guys there, they're they're not they're always afraid to to increase a price. Do yeah, you see well, many see, people losing yeah. work as a result of pricing themselves out of the market? Or would you see I, clients I being nervous of uh giving a job to someone if they feel they're too cheap? Yeah, I I do a bit, but no, actually like I, I would price a job and it would come in at about say two hundred thousand and I would say right, put ten percent margin on that then. Okay, because it's a small job, two twenty. That's fine. And we'd come second, and the guy who'd win it would be one hundred and eighty thousand. And I just how, go, how, how the well, fuck does he manage that? Like, that, that's what I want to know. He's like, you know, it's costing me two hundred thousand to do it. Okay, maybe he might got a cheaper quote one or two places, and he might be five grand cheaper than me or something like that. That could happen, you know, one or two percent. Maybe he's one or two percent more efficient than, than yeah. somebody else. That that's fine. He could be a couple of grand, five grand, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe even ten if for whatever miracle if he's willing to work sixteen hour days instead yeah. of eight hour days. Um, but yeah, no, he's not going to make money. So there, there is th- sometimes that there, and and that is just I suppose the one thing that there is nothing you can do except make sure you don't you don't go down that gutter with them. You know, so don't yeah. try match somebody. Know your own costs. If you know your cost is two hundred thousand and you wanted to make twenty grand on that. And somebody else is 180,000. And what often happens is, oh, you know, Paddy, if you'd only just, if you'd only do match this fella's quote, I'd give yeah. you the job, you know? And you go, oh, sure, I know this couple and no, they're all right. I don't care. I don't yeah. care if you know them. I don't care what's going on. Know your own costs. If it's working for you, it's working for you. If it's not, it's not. And yeah. that's it. You, 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 you have to be able to walk away. Walking away from work, uh, especially nowadays, and especially in Ireland, it's an island nation and we're boom bust. An example of boom bust economy. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to walk away from a job, but you have to do it. You have to you have to learn to filter these out and you have to learn to know to walk away from these from these opportunities, you know. The, I, the I problem there people, but... what what I think with some lads is that sorry to interrupt you there now, but they don't mm. when they've dodged a bullet, they don't actually realise they've dodged a bullet. Yeah. You know, I've I've had two jobs just these two are just springing to my mind there now. Uh, one was that we were to replace a, a house of windows for this this girl who was friends of someone that was working with us at the time. And he was saying to me, listen, she's a nightmare. She's a stickler for every little detail, you know. And she wants the yeah. best price possible. I'm like, just give her the price, what it is. And uh, she was trying to batter down left, right and centre. Just unreasonable with the prices. And she went somewhere yeah. else. And then she hired us to go in. And in fact, she didn't hire us to go in. She wanted to hire us to go in and rectify the job later on. And that yeah. was that was sticking out a mile that that was going to happen, you know. And yeah. uh, another time, then we had a job. We done a small job for someone that he wants us to, you know, price an extension or whatever it was. And we didn't do a lot of that stuff, but we priced it, and we were making money on certain parts of the job. But when we went out to the client to sign up the job, they removed certain parts of the job, 
where all our profits were. So they gave us the deposit check, the whole shebang. And uh, the next morning, then the lad that was doing the job with me he said, "Listen, we ain't because we're going to do a little JV on it. Um, yeah. We're splitting the profit." He said, "Does he says before I start this job, there's no money to be made on it." So we gave her back the money. The woman was crying on the phone to me. It was absolutely horrific because I'd made this lady cry. I felt horrendous, you know. However, twelve months later, the husband came back to me and asked me to do another job again, which just shows me that the previous job that we yeah. didn't do turned into be a disaster as well on their behalf, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think a lot a lot of builders that are that quite down on themselves, and you know they they always say to me, "Oh, sure, look, Ron, and I don't have any degrees or I don't have any qualifications." And I just go, "Stop you there, pal! You've yeah. twenty years of an education of working in For this sure. game. Yeah. So when you so you 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 have a better education than anybody, you know. So but what I always say to lads is, when you think something, you actually know it. So yeah. when you go to somebody and you think this is going to be a nightmare, this is going to be trouble you know it's going to be trouble. So you you already know. And, you know, when somebody's back, I, I had a very bad experience on, on that show as well, and it taught me a lesson. It was the nephew of somebody that I, I was in a networking group, and it was the nephew of somebody who was in the business that were an interior designer or an architect or something like that. Right. And it was their nephew and and, 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 his, and his partner. And it was a nightmare from the start. They weren't listening to me. I was explaining that this was going to cost this much and you know they wanted all the bells and whistles and they couldn't afford it but they wouldn't listen to that and it was just a total disaster from from, from day one and they were really aggressive and, and not listening to me and i said yeah, yeah you know look i'll talk this fella around and i'd spent 30 minutes talking him around and at the end of the conversation you go oh yeah i get you thanks for that and then two days later he'd be back, back with the exact same you know and i just go so i should have known well I, I i it was a good few years ago so i, I wasn't quite really uh, as au fait with with human behavior as, as yeah. i kind of am now so <laughs> But I, I learned, I, 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 and I, I learned a lot from that. But basically, I ended up doing that, and I, I ended up having awful hassle with them, absolute awful hassle with them. The builder had awful hassle with them. The architect walked off the job. Every one of the builder's subbies walked off the job because the clients were ringing them and emailing them and just giving them abuse. The, nice. the person who recommended them, the, the interior designer or the architect or whatever it was, they, like I think they burned all their suppliers or something like that as well. All the Thailand companies, all everybody as well. Jesus. They burned all of them, you know. Like they were just absolute scorched earth, you know. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. This could be anyone in the in the whole but world. But it happens or, you know, all I'm not, the time. Not yeah. anybody, but they burned absolutely everybody. And I taught that at the start. The first meeting I had with them, I was just like, "This is all a bit much, pal." And I, I shouldn't be here. So when at the minute I think I know, and I I stayed doing that job, and I just thought about that, like, why did I stay doing that job? Why didn't I just walk away after that first meeting? You yeah. know, why didn't I just walk away for that? For, and it was only a few hundred quid or a few thousand quid. And I was just like, why didn't I just walk there and then when I knew it? Instead of instead of making, you know, I, I, I had a, even if I had walked away and lost 500 quid or a thousand quid. Yeah. I turned a thousand quid problem into a two or three thousand quid problem by yes. staying at it. So yes. I should have just took the hit and walked instead of making it. A bigger problem and that was the biggest lesson i ever got and everybody on that job got that lesson the minute you think you know just just go just walk away just walk yeah. away you won't look look you won't lose money cutting the grass sitting at home cutting the grass right yeah so there's definitely no point in you getting up working harder because working in a building game is harder than a lot of jobs right it's definitely up there in the in the top five right oh yeah for and sure. you know it's hard and you have to get up earlier than everybody else and you know why would you do that to go lose money so yeah. and, and especially somebody don't know yeah like i get i get it all the time my budget is tight my budget is tight and right. um, so you know i need this done cheap and you're like 
Everybody needs a ton cheaper. <laughs> Everybody needs it. Everybody's budget is tight. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but you know, there there is this thing. Uh, you know the the Father Dougal diagram that I, I actually should put up on my website. <laughs> you know the dreams and reality. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the best. That's the best one. I mean, like we. That's like philosophical stuff for yeah, people. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, okay, no problem at all. Uh, you just you just need to know, and the same for same with homeowners. Just need to know your costs. You just need to know your costs. You just need to know what it is. Have the information in front of you and make your decisions based on that information. For sure, yeah. And it's very, it's 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 very it's very. Once it's straightforward, but that's where you've got to be, and you know that's just you know know your numbers. What's know, what's know your, your thoughts? And when you get a bad feeling, what, what? just go, just go. Don't be afraid to walk away. Yeah, no, that's 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 a that's a fair that's ex- excellent thing to say there. You know, the, the next question that I wanted to ask you there because I've got a few things I want to I want to extract from Ronan when we get him on the call here. You know, is like yeah. What's your thoughts on extras on jobs? Because a lot of the lads, if they're going to get caught on, on a job for extras, sorry, if they're going to get caught for money on a job, it always seems to be around the extras, you know? I know the little yeah. process that I recommend to the lads, but I wonder what your thoughts were on that. Maybe you can just share some ideas on that, you know? Yeah, well, when it, when it comes to extras, the, the absolute first starting point is the initial agreement. That is the first starting point because people just go and, you know, again, they make assumptions going, oh, I thought that was in the original or I thought that was yeah. in the original have that laid out in absolute black and white what's in and what's not uh, and particularly when things come in people go yeah price this oh it's 250 grand I only have 200,000 uh, take 50 grand worth of stuff out okay no problem then a couple of weeks later going yeah can we put can we put in that uh, fireplace and that stove <laughs> I was talking about yeah you took that out oh was it oh silly me okay fair enough right. you know they, they, they play silly buggers as some well, clients you know? don't know and some don't want to know yeah and, and some, some, some of them play silly buggers so generally when stuff gets taken out it goes back in again you know because the house was right. designed like that for that reason because <laughs> that was their needs that's what they told their, their architect they wanted and that's what they need and you know eventually most of that stuff will end up going back in right so, the money will magically be got from somewhere yeah like. Yeah, or they'll try. They'll try lean on the. They'll try lean on the the architect or the, on the on the builder. You know, and just get them get them to include it. So can I can I ask that, your thoughts that, on on, on something here, right? What I do say to the yeah. lads the whole time because they're always getting collared for the extras, right? And yeah. I'm saying, look, two of your quotation fifty grand, put a heading on the quotation, assumptions, allowances, and exclusions, and that's kind of a, a one catch all head, and you can throw a load of stuff in there, right? Yeah, and I just say, if it's, yeah. I'm putting there if it's not listed on the job, it doesn't happen. Yeah, and when the client wants, <clears throat> excuse me, when the client wants an extra done, tell them that the extra must be paid for in full at the time of ordering because they won't yeah. have a problem paying you two or three grand if they already owe you a hundred grand. And yeah. I just find that if they do that, the contract price, be it you know. 50 grand, 100 grand, remains the same throughout the entire process of the project. Yeah. No, that's that's a good way of doing it and, and just sort that out there and then on the spot because if you let these things build up on the last payment, they won't give them to you, you know, or they'll, they'll come up with something or they'll, they'll change their mind. So I, yeah. I would definitely be getting it done on the spot. Uh, a lot of times you're told to change things and it's done at 100 miles an hour and all of a sudden you're going, look, well, I was told to change it. Well, I didn't want to change what you said to me and, you know, there's a bit of a row then, you know. And then, um, yeah. you know, you, you build something in accordance with the drawings and, oh, no, I don't like that, take it down and you take it down and move it. And, you know, you get the, oh, well, I didn't know that was going to cost money, you know. Somebody won't so, sign off on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that on a, on a, on a you know, a TV show 
<laughs> before, you know. Okay, we, we, which will shall remain nameless, yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, shall remain nameless, and I was just like, this is bizarre. This is bizarre, you know. So it was just, um, it, 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 it can happen, you know. You, you, you show me one cowboy, one cowboy builder, and I'll show you ten cowboy clients. It'd be my my yeah. viewpoint on it, you know. And, yeah, did um, you a ever lot of people, see that? People are good. They're quick to, but builders. I think builders and landlords are quick to get slated by the general population. Yeah. I think so. I would say so. I would say so, and and it's uh, it, it it just seems to be the narrative that's out there at the minute, and it's 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 uh, it's definitely not true. Uh, it's definitely not true about about builders, and and I better say landlords as well because I know you're a landlord, Joe. But um, I, no, no, uh, listen, I, I definitely... it, it, it may be true about landlords. I can only speak for myself, you know. But I just see that yeah. people are willing to people are willing to 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 throw throw muck on a builder, call him a cowboy builder, at the yeah. drop of a hat, you know. Yeah, uh, no, the narrative, that's the narrative that's out there. That's the narrative that's out there for, for 20, 30, 40 years. So that, that builders are narrative. So when people are dealing with builders, they're on red alert. Like, you know, there is, they're, they're on red alert. So they're almost like getting ready to, be, to kill or be killed in, in this scenario. So yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, 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 the problem with it. And, and then just again, you're, you're going, going back to what I was saying earlier on. You're against the, the narrative then of a lad is in, he's after underpricing it. And he's trying to get this work, and he's doing everything now to try to try tread water and scrimp and to try get yeah. it to a point where he's not losing money. He can break on it. So even, yeah. He's saying everything and anything, you know. So, you know, like I, I had a UK client, and we, we priced the job. I thought it was going to be two hundred grand, and there was a guy at two hundred and ten, which was doable, two hundred okay. and two hundred eight or something like yeah. that. And there was a guy at hundred and again one hundred and eighty or one hundred and eighty five or something like that. And then there was a couple of guys, 225, 230, you know, just so it was all within kind of a, a reasonable range. And he, he said to me straight away, and I was like, oh, God, how am I going to explain to this guy that this guy is so low and it's too dangerous and you'd end up getting nothing on your heart. How am I going to explain yeah. to him? I sent him off the analysis and he rang me an hour later going, yeah, well, there's no point in looking at that fella for 180, is there? He's obviously clearly off the wall altogether, you know? And I was like, oh, thank God. I didn't have to explain that to you, you know? Really but he just knew straight yeah. away because he was, he was used to it. Uh, he he was used to this kind of situation, and you know nobody had to tell him he needed to get a quantity severe. He asked for one straight away. He knew what, well, he what would. It was he all would about. be the minority of clients. Yeah, he? and yeah, and he was a UK client, like so. He was used to this. Like this is the process uh, they obviously have over there. They're just more used to having the QS involved, and yeah. so he he just knew straight away, and, and not that. And he said, "So what about the second lowest guy, Ronan? He's slightly below your figures. Is that doable?" And I said, "Well, I tell you what, now the rates are tight. It's doable." But it, it, it's tight, but he's not going to lose money on it. You know, right. he'll, he'll break even. It's tight, it's doable. Yeah, it's all fine. He, he'll be all right at that, you know. Yeah, um, you want the lad to make money, of course, you know. Yeah, you know, exactly. Look, if a lad isn't making money, he's only going to give you hardship. Like, yes, for you know, sure. he's only going to be looking to make that money back. So, re- realistically, that's that's what the situation is. And it's the same, you know, it's the same in anything. So, that was what I just found was, was quite a relief. You know, he, he got somebody in to find out what the cost was. I told him what the cost was and the guy that was too low, he didn't go with. And I had the opposite happen. I had that. I have somebody going, yeah, look, this guy is 20% below everybody else and, you know, begging the client not to go ahead with it. And yeah. they go ahead with it. And 10 years later, you're still hearing about problems with the house. Yeah. You know, Definitely. and it's just like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, tell me telling you, I told you so isn't going to help you now. Like, you know, uh, yeah. well, well, I know you said it to me, but you didn't say this. Oh well, I know yeah, you told yeah. me, but you know this is what you get, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Rick, can I can I ask you a few questions there, right? Um, yeah. Because I want to talk to you just specific, and you know what? I think 
I think there's another call in this round. I think we should have another yeah. chat uh, later on there because I think people will definitely get some value from this, right? But I hold the firm belief that the majority, and we talk about builders here, and when we talk about a builder, we're talking about somebody who builds a one-off house from a, someone who does a 40 square meter extension up to a one-off house, yeah? Or a pair yeah. of semis. I hold the belief that the vast majority of those guys are not making money. I believe that they'll get a wage of a grand or so a week, a few little perks along the way. Call it a hundred grand a year, right? But mm. they won't make anything more than that and they're busy. They could be doing, you know, from, you know, up to six, seven hundred grand worth of work a year, you know. That's what yeah. I've, that's the belief I have based on the people, or maybe it's just the people I attract to me. But, you know, guys doing six, seven hundred grand a year's worth of work, they're not making a massive margin plus a hundred grand, you know. Uh, do you no. find that, or w- would that be? What would your thoughts be on that statement? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely go with that. Uh, I'd go along with that. It's okay for these main contractors who are turning over, you know, ten, fifteen million to be operating on single digits. Yes, uh, single digit profit was you know three percent or four percent of ten million is still four hundred grand, like yes, you know. So that's a nice profit. Yes. Uh, but. It's very hard to do that uh, when you know you're turning over six or seven hundred thousand, and four percent of that is twenty four thousand euro. Yes, do you know what I mean. And it, it's very hard. It's very hard to make a profit on it uh, because you know when you're pricing a lot of some of these things, you know you're pricing prelims, you're pricing margin, and you're pricing the work. Some of your money is coming out with prelims. Some yes. of your money is coming out with a profit, and some of your money is coming out with a work because you're hanging doors or you're yeah. swinging a hammer, or you're throwing up the roof. So it's very hard to. It's very hard to actually pin down sometimes what these lads are actually making because they don't know themselves and and they where they're making costs. it, yeah, and and where they're making it. And you know, you might you might make on one thing, and you might get rained off another day, and you might get caught with wind another day, and you, you just might just might take you longer than expected, or you know, it, it it happens like that. And sometimes you you make money on some elements and you don't on others, you know, yeah. or the client might delay on a decision and you've lads standing around, you know, and you're. Your or you know you, you might you might get disrupted or you might miss a slot with your guy who was booked in or you know your your plumber can go on holidays for two weeks or something like that and, <laughs> and you're left stuck there and you know things like that but things like that can happen because you know it, it's still human beings that are doing all the building work you know the terminators uh, haven't taken over just, quite just yet. yeah just so, yeah just yet so can, can I flip uh, back on that point there as well because I just yeah. I just wrote it down here just to be sure right so I'm of the opinion based on what I've seen most guys who are doing up to seven hundred grand worth of turnover a year. They're getting a hundred grand of a salary and a marginal profit, if anything, in the company, right? Yeah. That's doing most well at that now. Yeah, yeah that's doing well at that. that's most guys, right? Yeah. But also then a few people like I connect with, and these guys are really switched on. And yeah. they have got the business side of the their brain calling the shots as opposed to the grafter. Yeah. You know. Do you see much of that yourself in your end? If you would, you have yeah. a couple of operators there that are shit hot now, and they would be making good money because they don't the the they can charge a little bit of a premium because of the rep, and they've got they're holding down the the costs. They're not allowing things to escalate in the whole lot, you know. Yeah, I, I see it. I see it, and then again, it's it's at a certain scale, you know. It's at a certain scale. Like there's there's no one man in and and two lads in the van with him that's doing much of that, you know. There is a certain there is a certain scale and a certain type of project. That, that do that, you know, if you're able to get in and turn them around very quickly. So, so what type but, of project would that be, would you say? Uh, if you're going in and you're doing something like, say, 
a bit of maintenance in a hotel or an office or something like that. Something that you're turning around pretty quickly. You have to get a gang of lads on it, but you're able to turn it around pretty quickly. Um, I, I think sometimes that that when it's specialist and when it's tight, I think yeah. you can you can you can get in and out. What, and what do you mean by tight? Tight, tight time wise, and you know it's it's not like you can just knock the whole place down. It's a hotel, and you have to go in and do attack it. Two or two or three rooms, or it's an office, and you have to go make a new boardroom in the corner, and yeah. something like that, or you know you have to fit out uh, an, an office. It's a change over an office in a weekend, or, yeah. or something like that, you know. Or you know, you're going in and you're you're revamping. People are on holidays for two weeks and they need to get X amount of work done, and things and, like and that. And the you word know, you so. mentioned there that I just wrote down the minute you mentioned is specialized. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the niche. guys that I see that are that is making the money, they're doing their five, six, seven hundred grand worth of work, but within that, they've got a certain area where they specialize in. They get one or two jobs a year. That's the cream of the crop for them, you know, and everything yeah. else just pays the bills. And that's why I always say, to lads, make sure if you've got a sign that says something along the lines of general builder, make sure you say general builder specializing in X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Just to go after. Oh, so, I'd agree with that. So you're seeing that as well at your end because you'll be dealing with a lot of guys going through your doors there as well, you know? Yeah, exactly. And look, but like, you know, look, and, and I, I, I see people's point, and I even have it here uh, myself. You do need certain jobs that are there for the turnover and to keep the whole wagon rolling. You know, you yeah. need those jobs too. You can't just hope for these nice for these nice jobs with a, a good a good bit in it. But yeah, definitely you got to be out uh, out looking for those and keeping an eye out for those and then definitely you know niching down as you've often said to me before. You know. Yeah, I want to I want to schedule another call with you, Ronan, and I want to speak yeah. to you specifically about the cost of building a house. Yeah, I'm no sick. To fucking death, hearing. Oh, sure, I can. I can do a house for hundred grand. I can do a house for hundred. <laughs> I'm sick of listening to it. You know, it's the biggest. Yeah. You know, it's it's the biggest wanker warning that I see of anyone. Oh, sure, I can do yeah. a house for hundred grand. Oh, this fella doesn't fucking know what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Let's just summarize a couple of things here, right? I've got a pen in my hand. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the costs associated with building a house, excluding yeah. actual building. Yeah. So. I'm yeah. sure you know these off the top of your head. Can we... Yeah. Excluding no, we, site we, costs. We've discussed this before, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. Excluding the, excluding the site and excluding everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's no problem. Shout, well, like, the first shout thing, a few heads The first thing you're doing, right? Announce, the yeah. first thing, right, without the site, right, let's just say your, 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 your granny left you the site in her will or something like that, right? Yeah. So let's just pretend we have a site. Yeah. And, um, you know, which is a big bloody jump, right? It's a big yeah. thing to pretend. Yeah. Uh, if you ask me. Um, but... If if you if you if you if you got the site for free, first thing you got to do is you got to pay an architect. Okay, planning. You got to pay an architect to get planning, and you know to oversee the job and everything like that. You know, yeah. So you've got professional fees. Um, How much? those professional fees? Those, those professional fees are going to be about ten grand. Let's 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 say and right. Let's give the example. Uh, a site on the side of the granny's house, somewhere yeah. around Tallaghland, and knock line direction, <coughs> three bed yeah. house. 100 square meters, three bed, you, you know, it's got to turn the house into a, it'll be a semi, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we, we just we just call it three, three bed semi infill house, yeah? Yeah. Infill. Okay, so planning 10K, is that we said? Yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, so you're going to have, no matter what you do, you got to have connection fees. Okay, so if you don't, fees. so if you're like, so if, if you're not paying connection fees to the council, uh, you're, you're going to have to, Put your own percolation area in, yeah. and drill a drill a drill a well for the water. So which is more no matter expensive. what, 
Yeah, it's exactly. So you know, you're 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 going to drop ten grand there anyway. You ten know? grand, twenty grand. Yeah, twenty. Uh, you know, and just site services, twenty grand if you're out the country and you have to put in a percolation area. No, can I just ask you on that there? Water. Connection yeah. fees. So that's your electricity. Last yeah. time I got that was two grand or so. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. No, I'm just talking about just connecting up in general. You know, you got to connect to the services. So, yeah, like so you've got fees, you've got fee, you've got planning fees, and Irish water fees. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at here, right? We've got we've got the we've got the planning, so we're going to throw yeah. ten grand to the architect. Yeah, what's uh, that? At least, yeah. What's that going to get us? That's going to get you the planning. That's probably going to get you a good bit of the 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 construction drawings done. Okay, and depending on the say, that could be up to fifth. That could be fifteen grand as well for the kind of thing you're okay. talking about there. The, you know? the, and the reason why we're going into this is to just highlight the costs that people don't see on site. So yeah. 10k for the architect. The connection yeah, phase least, yeah. is your board yeah, gosh connection, it's, it's, Irish water yeah, it's connection. Eight or ten grand. I would say I, I'd put down ten grand there to be safe on that, right? Okay. Ten grand. That's Irish water. It's your planning. You know, you have to pay money. Your contrib. Your planning. Sorry, I beg your pardon. That's included in the connection phase, is it? Yes. Yeah, so ten, ten grand. Ten grand. All the planning contributions, Irish water fees, ESP board gosh. You want to put at least ten grand in there. For okay. That. Planning and connections, 10k. Excellent. Yeah. Next one. Okay. And then ten, I would put in ten k then for the likes of you know connecting to roads on the service, the actual digging of the manholes, the actual, you know, the actual builders work involved in that. Right, I'm gonna purposely not put that in here because I want to just come okay. up with a number of hey guys, this is a number that you need to allow for when you're building a house for stuff you don't see. Yeah. Right. So okay. keep going. I'm I'm jotting this down here. No problem at all. So um, you're good looking at it here now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open this up here on the computer. Uh, for something similar that I did, uh, uh, for I think I did something on this before. So right, you're going to you're going to have to spend money on on. Are we are we talking about finishes then? Like are we going to talk things about kitchens and? No, we're, we're going, going to ignore to all of that for now, because we want to look at QS phase, architects phase, capital contribution, sign off by the en- uh, engineers, any anything like that that's involved. We just want to get a number to say, hey, yeah. whatever your build cost is, throw this number okay. on top of it. So you're going to have a solicitor's fees anywhere, right? Yeah, legal. You're going to have a solicitor. That's going to be a couple of grand, right? Yeah. You're going to have to get a BR cert these days as well. Okay. Start and finish and then air tightness tests and stuff like that as well. You're talking 1,200 quid there Okay, as well. BR plus air tightness, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're talking you're, ta- you're talking about that. The stat fees, we, we mentioned your solicitor. Uh, we mentioned, the I suppose, well, the, the architect. You know, you're, yeah, you're going to spend another between engineers and QSs and, and everything else. You're going to spend another five grand there on that as well. You know. Okay. Um, <coughs> that's kind of that's capital, kind of it. capital contribution to the council. That's why I had jot down yeah. there. Yeah, 14k that, the last time I checked. Well, yeah. That was it. Yeah, well, that that that's it. There, that that depends. That's somewhere that's somewhere around the 10k mark, depending yeah. where you are. You know. Yeah. The, the last one I paid was 14. That's why. That's why I have that. Okay. Is there anything else there? Sign offs at the end. Um, yeah, no, that, that's kind of all in the in the architect fees there, you know, gotcha. and, and everything like that, you know. But I, I I would kind of remind people before they go, well, how much is a house building? People yeah. get, oh yeah, sure, a house is this much, and you know, they're just talking about the, the, the box. Yes, you know, they're not talking about about everything else. So that's why I I kind of always say, well, look, uh, you know, me getting a digger and putting a hole in the ditch costs money. Yeah, you know, putting sure. a driveway down costs money. Connecting up the services, you know, the water and sewage has to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, so connecting all those things up, those are half the halves. Yeah. Those are not the. Like, I'll move into the house and you know, I'll let the su- I'll let the raw sewage just go, go, you know. <laughs> that's fall out the door outside. For the first of a couple of months. That's outside you know? of your eighteen hundred quid a square meter or two grand a square meter that your builder yeah. has mentioned to you off the cuff, like. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's outside of all that, and then and you know roads and 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 everything and boundary walls, fences, Seems all that sort of thing needs to be thought about. Like so, boundary you know, you're, you're spending quite a bit of money. You're spending quite a bit of money, and and it's just just on the outside and just on the site, you know. And again, we've assumed you're building on Granny's land here as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so even even straight off there, I've just done that. We've got ten and fives, fifteen and fourteen, twenty nine and twelve, thirty thousand two hundred. So we've got thirty three thousand two hundred quid. Yeah, and that's really like that's really conservative. Yeah, because we're just we're just shooting yeah. the breeze here. So there's a number that people don't even, and also yeah. then you've got the VAT that people don't. Oh well, it's two grand a square meter. Yeah, plus the VAT. Yeah, plus VAT. Yeah, you know, not, that's another thirteen percent. You know, so yeah, you know whatever notion you have of a square meter rate in your head to do a three bed semi, I think you need to throw fifty grand on top of that at least. Before you even get in looking at your finishes then. Would that be a fair... fair before, yeah, before you start talking about your finishes, yeah. Yeah. So you want, you want to have 40, 50 grand. Then you want to have about 30 or 40 grand for your finishes. Then Again, you start yeah. talking about... Yeah, then you start talking about building the house, building the, doing the actual building work. Yeah, for sure. You know, so for anyone that's building a house as a... As a, as a rental, they may not want to be going high on the finishes. But then again, do you want to be putting all that effort in and, and just building a shithole like you, you may as well do something yeah. decent if you're gonna go 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 so far at it you know um, yeah go spend that money like yeah but we just see people and that's that's the problem around our, our neck of the woods is that i suppose the same down yours like that yeah. it's just un, unviable for people to build houses because oh yeah no it definitely it, so it definitely is it definitely is like and you know you look at the numbers we're only building 10 or fifteen thousand houses a year you know yeah. the, the, the biggest year the boom we built eighty thousand. But I mean, even the years coming up to that, we were still building north of twenty five thousand houses a year. And yeah. That's where we need to get this. So we're not build we're literally statistically not building half enough houses. We are building half the houses we need we need to build. And again, it's the same thing with the inconsistency. We can't build eighty thousand houses one year and fifteen thousand houses another year. It has to be twenty, twenty five thousand a year every year. Yeah. You know, from now till forever. To have just a bit of a bit of a a consistent, a consistent market, you know. But do you know again, anything that's there? Matter. That's another matter. And just yeah, just because I'm, I'm going to ask you on on that other matter because it's something that I'm personally interested in. Do you yeah. know any kind of statistic? You know, either a European average or a worldwide average, as to you know, in the developed world, of course, we're speaking about here, uh, as to you know what the rate of house building should be per 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 head of population or anything like that. Hmm. No, I actually don't have any figures on that, you know. I'm surprised now um, because I you're... But I, I do oh, know that about yeah. the target figure of 25,000 uh, for this... Uh, that, that's the figure I've I've heard bandied about for this country. It's 25,000 right. units right. a year, you know. Per year. And then, you know, you're, you're renovating yeah. units then as well. And, you know, when, when a house gets to be about 20 or 30 years old, it comes to the second phase of its existence, you know. Yes. Um, but, um, look, I, I've mentioned to you, Joe, and I think it's definitely a separate conversation we have to have because I, 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 I'd I be kind of blinding people with numbers. Of you know the house we were the houses we were building in the early two thousands and yes. the houses we're building now you know we were on the the Ford lot in two thousand fourteen we were building nice houses really yeah. nice houses and very functional now we're building Jesus you know we're building BMWs and Mercs right now you know yeah. we are building properties. serious serious houses now you know yeah. the houses are so much better the council houses yes uh, the, the the you know the 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 social and affordable houses. Uh, that are being built, they are outstanding. They are outstanding houses, you know. 132 meters squared, there's 132 or 123, something like that number. That's a three bed house nowadays, three really? bed council house. Yeah, two bathrooms, minimum two bathrooms, 123 meters squared at least. And that's a three bed house. 
you know like I, I i'm like so that, at the that, same that's time the minimum they're, you can build they're that's doing the minimum you can build that is the, is that that's the requirement like is it that's the that the is the requirement yeah two bathrooms and x certain amount of storage i think um or let's just say eight meters square of storage or something like that i, I can't remember the numbers now uh but uh, yeah so there has to be a minimum amount of storage and a minimum amount of that you know so you know you're building a pretty damn big three bed uh three bed house there you yes. know like i'm living in a i'm living in a house that i bought which was kind of the, similar to the council design back in the 1980s yeah and <coughs> that's 90 something square meters yeah because i always thought between you know? 80 and 90 is <coughs> yeah, 90s, 90s big and, and then, 90 was big yeah. in comparison to some of them um yeah we're, we're selling the house at the minute 76 square meters you know yeah that's what the war like i mean i live in one of them you know what i mean and yeah I'm, I'm surviving like you know <laughs> that's it you know well listen Ronan I have to say it's been a pleasure I think yeah, what we definitely right, we definitely do is we'll, we'll we'll do this again soon enough yeah. um, we'll have Carl get this out on a podcast and how can people get in contact with yourself well get in contact with the website it's mcgrathconstructionconsultants.ie we're all over LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and everything like that so we'd love to talk to we'd love to talk to you we'd love to engage with you and we're, we're always glad to talk to people and Good stuff. Just they uh, just have a chat, like and shoot the breeze, and just see how we can help them. You know. Yeah, for sure. Not, and uh, if anybody messages me here, I'll be, <coughs> I'll be giving them your direct mobile number straight away. Is that, do I have permission to do that? Stuff. Oh yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah, be delighted. Yeah. Okay, good stuff, my man. I'll leave it with you, and we will chat again soon. Thanks very much, Joe. Thank you. Bye bye. So, folks, that concludes another episode of the Tradesman Survival Guide podcast. Don't forget that all of the tactics and strategies discussed in today's podcast are from my book, The Tradesman Survival Guide, which is available to buy online at www.joedoyle.ie forward slash TSG. TSG being, of course, short for The Tradesman Survival Guide.